Welcome to ShoeCast, Shoe's very own podcast. This series of ShoeCast will explore everything from trends in the digital world to advise on how we can play to your strengths and overcome personal and work challenges. We're featuring some amazing industry guests who will also be sharing their experiences within their field. Alongside me, I'm Rachel, the Chief Operations Officer at Shoe, and there will be Chris, our Chief Vision Officer. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Shoecast. I'm here with Tris Carpenter, the, the owner, founder, director, entrepreneur, mastermind behind Mint HR. Let go, big, big, big plug there. Um, <laughs> we've been working with Tris for a number of years now, basically are helping us with our own HR challenges, opportunities, making sure we're compliant. And I thought it'd be great to invite Tris on today to have a good conversation around staff retention, staff recruitment, and some of the challenges companies are facing. And I suppose in and among that, how we can, from our respective points of view, offer some advice and tips along the way. Hopefully that's yeah. the introduction. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so I suppose good place to delve in right in. I suppose I can see this going conversation in two parts for it. We've got the recruitment side and retention side. So from, a, I suppose, an employer recruitment side, recruiting staff into the business, so there are some key stats around that. Number one being probably the obvious thing in most people's minds is COVID being a massive impact on businesses. We've got to shift and change and pivot and with remote work and all that kind of stuff. Number two, tight talent pools. So shortage of staff and talent. Thing that springs to mind there, you've got your haulage drivers across the UK who massive shortages there. Yeah. Um, nurses, pharmacists, that kind of stuff. And then I suppose the other one would be hiring freezes, um, which you've companies that are struggling to stay open or panicking about cash and I suppose any any thoughts or comments around those yeah for me I've described this in the past as it at the moment it's almost like a perfect storm um with recruitment um we've got a number of things that have come to the fore that are just impacting massively so the pandemic absolutely is one you've got people who are frightened to move because they're just thinking well better the devil I know um you've got the great the resigners the people who are taking the pandemic as an opportunity to say look I'm I'm not working in the rat race anymore you know if people are not going to allow flexibility for me I'm, I'm going so they're, they're demanding a lot more um there's, there's a real mismatch between the roles that are available because I'm we've got numbers of unemployment and you think, well, why are people struggling to fill the roles when we know that there's people out of work, but Brexit has impacted on that as well. Getting people, you know, through the door, we had a wider pool before, Um, but you know, there's people who were just like I say, demanding more so that all of the, the the emphasis is on candidates now, like the, the people who are employing are holding not, not great kind of like, you know, I can't think of the right word, but they're not holding a lot of control to get the right candidates through the door. So it's a complete mismatch. Um, and, and and just finally, and I, I learned this from a, a recruitment contact of mine, that apparently about 10 years ago, there was a bit of a, a freeze on spend on kind of like upskilling people. And that now is is coming to fruition, that we've, we're feeling that lo- loss of skill that was put in place 10 years ago now it's and it's it, like I say it's just a perfect storm of all of those things coming to the forefront yeah it's yeah it's, a, it's a, such a difficult time isn't it and 
from our perspective, we, we've probably one of the sectors that have, have done really well over the last 18 to 20 months being a digital business. And we've recruited a couple of times during that process. Been obviously positive, I know that I can appreciate there are a lot of sectors that haven't been so fortunate. Mm. Um, and I think keeping the start of the conversation, I've been talking to loads of business owners over the last 18, 20 months or so. And it's that kind of how do they keep the staff? I mean, the top three things there, once they've got a member of staff in, even during these times of the recruiting, hospital is a good example. You've got people coming in, catching COVID, having 10 days self-isolation. Then you're having to get somebody else in. And you can't quite, there's not enough people to go go and fill these jobs. Um, I suppose, what what do you actually do as a, as, a, as a business? If salaries are concerned, plenty of jobs, you've got, of course, could cherry pick where you want to work, when you want to work, flexible working. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it, no, it, it is a nightmare. And for me, one of the, the key elements with retention is to try and adapt an individual approach as much as you can. I know with bigger businesses, that's not always as easy. But, you know, we want to be tapping into what really matters to an individual. And that is completely different for every person you know it might be that flexibility is the key for one it may be that actually no we we don't want to be working from home we want to be in a workplace in an office for another you know so it the more that we can tap into an individual's needs the better um and um money for me we, we need to make sure that we are competitive in the market and that we can attract the right talent but we need to be clear that money is not a motivator. It's, it's a hygiene factor. It's something that we need to have it right for people to feel valued and, um, you know, that they're getting what, what, what they're putting into a business. But if you're using money as a motivational factor, as a retention factor, it is going to be such a fleeting benefit to that person. It's almost like if you give somebody a bonus, they might go shopping that weekend and it's forgotten about instantly, whereas other ways of, of rewarding that are not linked to just money are going to have such uh, such a bigger impact than than the money side of things. Yeah, 100% agree. When, I, when I've been doing my research and from my perspective and experience, if you can nail the company culture and demonstrate, and I suppose the appreciation for me is the big thing when you work, well, I like being told thank you for stuff. I'm not, Money is important. Yes, we only we've got bills to pay, but a simple thank you goes a long way. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for signing out. Thank you for doing the extra bit. That that to me is is that that pat on the back which we don't often get. Totally, but again, for me, it's got to be an individual thing. If you're just, mm. you know, I've I've had, you know, somebody say, oh well, we the CEO sent out a blanket kind of like box of cookies to us, you know, and that was nice. But again, the the more you can individualize. The, the recognition and the thanks, the better, make it meaningful, you know, thanks for this great piece of work that you did, it generated this much more for the business, you know, make it mean something because people want to feel that they're part of something, they're not just, you know, a hospital porter or something, they want to feel that they're actually integral to that business and bringing something of value to it and the more you can link that to your thanks and recognition the better yeah absolutely 
you could so I was one of the things you could do there would be if they've got a particular hobby or interest perhaps somebody's into a certain offer you could buy them a thank you book couldn't you and personalize it thank you very much for doing that job is Simon Sinek or whoever the person they're reading um little yeah. things like that could help yeah absolutely the more that we can make it specific to that individual the better absolutely yeah I suppose on that kind of vision and purpose and and getting that people want to tap into that sense of businesses that you want to work somewhere that's more than just a job it's not just a nine to five or eight to four or whatever it is how do we do that I suppose as a business from your point of view we just again the more that you can have discussions with people and I know during COVID that this is a bit difficult when you're maybe not having as much face-to-face time but just even having you know Zoom or Teams meetings so you can really get to understand somebody and I think this is a big failing in a lot of businesses that actually managers are doing the doing too much they're doing the day job and not assigning enough time to managing people So the only way you're really going to get to know what's making individuals within your business tick, what do they value, is by just spending that time with them, building the rapport, getting to know, you know, what's holding them back, asking open questions so that they're self-assessing where they're at and where they want to be and listening. And I think too much of the time managers are just not in the moment with their teams because they're just thinking, oh God, I've got to move on to this next task or I've got this meeting I've got to go to. So for me, it's about giving the time and energy to your staff so you can really understand who they are and what makes them tick. Yeah, 100%. I suppose that, that leads nicely into the like things like personality, psychometric testing. If you understand from us, maybe initially onboarding process, we, we do that quite a bit, try to figure out what makes them tick. Are they an introvert, extrovert? Are they direct, indirect? Are they a precision person? What kind of style personality are they? So yeah. then that gives you a method of communication. In particular, as we're having to do a lot more hybrid and flexible working, it's not as easy to build up those relationships. Obviously, we're no. doing a Zoom now because you're, you're where you are, where, where, where we are staff are working remotely it's so much easier to build up a bit of rapport like you can see in the background of the team yeah we yeah. can have that that office chat and get to build answer up niggles and questions um mm. i suppose the challenge with remote working there would be that you've got how do you keep that communication coming through consistently not only on brand not only as an employer but then try to make sure you, you are building that rapport that's and it, it and it just takes more effort remote working isn't a new thing you know we've got lots of businesses out there that have had people out on the road sales people people that are going and visiting client sites all the time so it's not a new thing but it's just become more um, transparent you know a lot more people are doing it so we need to just and it just takes that bit more effort that's all it's not going to come as naturally but again that's where the time comes in I think there is a bit of a a barrier with a lot of businesses that like because they're remote working we can't build that rapport we, it's not going to happen it can happen but it just takes a bit more effort and it's not the ideal but doing this is better than doing nothing yeah absolutely i think it's, it's opening up the communication channels well not being so rigid with right we must do it on the phone we must do it on zoom we must do it on teams we must do it on email we must do it on phone whatever it is you've got to be able to flexible because i mean particularly the younger generation they're they're about imdm and all that kind of stuff pm so why not have a little set messenger chat 
group set up so you can ask those little questions oh, i'm stuck on this what do you think about that great bang off you go totally and just just because i'm a hr person and i always think of the worst case scenario i do say that even with those kind of chats though just having some a policy and some structure around that about what's okay and what's not because I think when you're introducing things like WhatsApp you know the kind of like the formalities of the workplace sometimes could go out the window so I think you've not you've got to have that awareness but I also think that it's important to have some structure around what you use for what because I think you know you know I'm a business owner I can get called and contacted by clients by seven million different means and I think you know we we run the risk of kind of like bombarding people with information via too many different channels so I think we just need to have some structure around it as well yeah 100% and I think for those people listening who haven't got a policy in place obviously Tracy can help you with that um and then I think one of the practical tip on the social point of view would be well Instead of thinking, well, we must use WhatsApp, we must use the WhatsApp, speak to your staff. I think it goes mm-hmm. back to Chris's earlier point, getting to know your staff. Well, what do they use? Is it WhatsApp as the, the comms tool that they actually use? Or is it Messenger, for example, which we use? Um, and then building the guidelines around that and then obviously speak to a professional to get the, the policy to back it up as well so everyone's, everyone's protected. Yeah. Does that sound fair? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds perfectly fair. That's great. Um, I suppose in terms of retention so we've got we're an employer both business owners here we've gone out to market we've found the perfect member of staff we've highlighted that it's not necessarily about the salary so that's a big key thing mm. i mean how how do we go about keeping them and not job hopping and staying for six months and then leaving yeah I, th- I think again it's 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 knowing your staff and knowing what's what's going to keep them um you know and that is different and we've got to recognize that some people do will job hop and you're not always going to be able to prevent that um you know but again having an awareness of that you know then what your risks are and, and what your pain points are going to be um but for me um spending the money developing your staff so we know the issues with recruitment around you know we know what the challenges are so it it makes absolute sense that you put the emphasis and the support and and invest in the team that you've got so you know what development do they want where do they want to be in you know we don't even need to look five years ahead but where do they want to be in a year you know can we support them what shadowing what mentoring what what coaching can we give them so that they can get to that point because you know that's what it needs to be it's about development of that individual so that they feel that they don't actually need to go anywhere else to get that kind of development they're going to get it where they are currently yeah absolutely i think that's where you'll do things like your your monthly one-to-ones and your cpd sessions not just about the job but about their career progression yeah, see yeah. In the background within a bit of that, you can see the little vision board up there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where, where but, yeah. But I mean, it's 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 about what what is going to give your staff kind of like the biggest motivation to stay and it's things like you know if they're into sports what can we do to support that can we look at a gym membership can we look at you know that they can go to classes during their lunch break or something like that it may be you know one of the things that 
I'm a big advocate for is is giving back because you know I know a lot of people don't have time to do that but it does give you a real sense of 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 joy and, and belonging that if you're able to do that so a lot of businesses offer charity days you know where one or two days a year that they can take some time out to go and do something with a charity I do that with my team and you know and we get a lot from it so it's there's lots of different ways we need to look at well-being as a whole and what kind of like box not boxes can we tick because I hate thinking that it's a tick box exercise but what can we do to try and reach out to as many people as possible on what's going to really drive them and keep them within your workplace yeah 100% I think we're very similar in that mindset it's about if you can do good while making money great Uh, it's not all about money you're making as a business it's about you know the awareness days the mental health the uh, work-life balance that is massively important whether you're a small business or a massive corporate mm-hmm. I think that 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 is important we're going to team I think as well, Krista, I think this flexibility piece is is massively on the agenda in that, um, you know, people don't want to come into an office nine to five, Monday to Friday, every day. They just don't want to be doing that, you know. And, you know, I've, it's frustrating me because there's a lot of my clients who, you know, know that working from home, flexible working works because it was forced upon them during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So they know it works. But now that things are relaxing, there's an insistence from some of them. Oh, well, we definitely want people back in. And it's just like why you you are forcing people to think about their career options and, and whether they're going to move on. You're forcing that. Sorry, that was just my phone. It's all right. And that on silence. It, it, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a Zoom call without a phone, a DVD <laughs> driver, an Amazon driver, a dog or a baby or a child. So Yeah, I'm hoping that. none of those are going to happen now. But um but yeah, it, for me, if you're not embracing flexible working and this hybrid working, um, then you, you're forcing people to look at where can they go and get that from so that they're going to be looking elsewhere and you're lowering the candidate pool that you've got out there because people are just going to not engage with you if you don't offer us that as something. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think, yeah, come on, I get I get that everywhere can't offer that. So if you need people in a production site, or I know that you can't do it for everybody, but you know, let's just open our minds a bit to that this is a possibility. Yeah, I was going to agree. Basically, that's probably why for opportunities people are looking for that. They've had a taste of well, actually, I am just picking a potential I'm a potential parent. I'm up to the school run. If I can work my kind of nine till to pick up the kids, do the kid thing, pick, do the article thing, whatever, and then do a bit in the evening, that works for me. I think that goes right back to what you said at the beginning. It's about understanding and spending that time to get to know what makes your staff tick. Where, where I live, I live next to a, a reservoir, and you can see right from the top point of the reservoir, the, the M1. And I love taking my dog for a walk at about 7.30, 8am, and just looking at the M1 and thinking... Thank God I'm not sat in that traffic. <laughs> and I, I was thinking that literally last week. So the amount of traffic that's back on the roads, I think there is a pushback to get people in the office, you know, because there wouldn't be that much traffic. And I just think, you know, just why we're we not embracing this flexibility a bit more. Yeah, I suppose I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I can't think of a reason to, to do that, to be fair. Um, but but yeah. at the same time, like like I said earlier, there are some people and a lot of people that 
do get a lot out of being in an office environment. So again, I think we've got to be careful that we don't go too much the other way where, you know, we never need to meet, you know, we can do everything online. You know, I think having some of that interaction is good because some people just don't work um, productively from home all of the time. So it's, so it's again, the more that we can offer a flexible, personalized approach, the better. I think the big key for you from all this is coming out and getting to know your staff. <laughs> totally. You know, you know your staff, but I know when when we were doing the whole lockdown thing, some some of our younger members of the team who are new to the role, they wanted to come back into the office. And they, they really wanted to get involved because they, they wanted to get the learning and development and get the knowledge. And they couldn't yeah. quite get that over Zoom. Um, so yeah, I suppose exactly. it's the same thing, knowing your staff and what works for them on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. Um just thinking about just switching into looking for staff then, I suppose. COVID impacts, tight talent pools, hiring freezes. I mean, how do you go about looking for staff in the current climate? I think for me, I mean, at Mint HR, we're not we're not specialists in recruitment. And I think kind of like that 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 is my point that actually get a specialist to help you with this. I'm hearing so many times about people who are looking for, you, you know, using the jobs boards, using Indeed. I think that they can take you so far, but if you're really struggling to get your candidates in, the more that you can rely on a recruitment specialist to help you, the better, certainly at the minute. What what I am hearing that is um, when you're embarking on recruiting and trying to get somebody in, that, the, the pace of recruitment is so fast that if you can't be putting a job out and responding immediately to a candidate that comes through and going through that selection process, they're going to be gone. It's a little bit like the housing market. You know, a house comes up and immediately before anybody knows about it, it's gone. It's the same with candidates at the moment. So you've got to have a really swift process. And I think certainly at the moment, gone are they kind of like let's have three four rounds of interview because people are just not going to hang about they're like you want me or you don't and I'm gone if and there's other people that will have me if you don't want me yeah I think it's definitely buyer's market in terms of looking for a job there's loads of jobs there I can almost pick and choose as long as I suppose there's jobs not too specialist I suppose Um, yeah yeah absolutely so I I think for me utilizing the experts that are around you and put aside the time again it all comes down to time but put aside the time so that you can really focus on that recruitment and I think if you're putting in place lots of stoppers that you you know I I have this skill set list and I need somebody who comes in to tick all of those again I think you you've got slightly unrealistic expectations because you know not that you have to go always for second best or just get what you can but just be a bit more realistic about what you're asking for you. Do you really need that in, in the person that you're going to bring on board? Yeah, I definitely agree. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's certainly interesting times. I think from our perspective, what we've seen over probably the last six, seven months are that shift in recruitment and people thinking a little bit differently, they're panicking almost with, right, well, I've got 200 vacancies to fill, obviously on the bigger scale, bigger companies. I've got all these holiday drivers. I've got all these assistant managers, whatever we're trying to recruit for. I've got an abundance of vacancies and I can't get hold of them. I've tried Indeed, I've tried Monsters, I've tried the recruitment specialist. What else could we do? It's mm. obviously a bit, of a, a bit of a shameless plug here, but hey-ho. Um, you could 
you could do obviously social advertising is a, is a great way of putting your strong brand, demonstrating your culture and getting your messaging out. That you are this brilliant company that looks after the staff, gets to know them, invests in them, and you you are the place to come and work. We offer a competitive salary, but there's so much more. You can mm. put the ads in front of the right people who are actually looking for the jobs you're, you're, you're offering. Um, because I, I, I agree with that. And people are looking wider than just a job advert. They will go and look at the website. They will go and look at their social media. So, you know, you've got to have this kind of like the touchy-feely stuff about this is really what our organisation is all about, plastered all over that, you know. And I think for me as well, onboarding is absolutely crucial. And again, this is where your branding and your social media comes in that as, as soon as you've got a candidate that you've said, we want you, and they say yes, they need to be part of that team. They need to be getting updates. They need to be invited on the socials. They need to be, you know, brought in immediately because, again, it's a bit like being gazumped at the minute until they're mm. through the door. And even when they're through the door, to be fair, people still might be saying, we've got a better offer for you. We've got something that you can come, you know, that will sit better with you. And they could just go within a week of starting with you. So you've you've really got to schmooze these these <laughs> candidates from day one. It's weird, isn't it? You'll probably remember your first job, and I certainly remember mine. And, and it was it was very much the opposite. And you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a little shudder thing. It was yeah, my my first job at uni. It was even before that, first job, paperboy, and gosh, everything in between, telesales, and bringing out the yellow pages, turning up, and you were just treated like a piece of meat. Like a yeah. number. I was going to swear yeah. then, but I thought, keep it clean. <laughs> <laughs> you are treated less than a piece of dirt. Yes. Yeah. Back in the yeah. day, anyway. I'm glad, glad things have shifted. But from I, I'm glad day. they have, Chris, but I think there's a lot of um, talk about um, kind of like Gen Z. I don't even know what Gen we're on, but generational kind of like expectations. And, mm. you know, that they, they don't know they're born and they have unrealistic expectations. And, and I don't think it's that at all. I think there's some maybe that fall into that camp, but I think there is just, you know, people know what they want much more at a younger age and they they expect to get a job that's going to help them fulfil that. And is that a bad thing? No, absolutely not. Yeah, I think they've definitely got, you see, I'm in broad sweep here, but it definitely seems like the young generation have got more of a, a clearer path to what they want to do. It's about yeah. getting the support along the way, and the, the job shouldn't be a job, it should be like was it word vocation? I think it's the yeah. word, it should be something you want to get involved in, you want to immerse yourself in. Um, yeah, whereas, whereas yeah. when when I was younger, you were just that grateful you'd got a job, like you say, that you would yeah. just jump to whatever tune. Yeah, how high? Yeah, <laughs> I think my, my first job was three pounds and five an hour, remember that. <sighs> I remember I, I remember I was a babysitter and um, they didn't sometimes come in till one, two in the morning. So I asked for double time after midnight and they said, oh, you're too expensive. And I'd asked for one pound more an hour from one pound to two pound after midnight. And I'm just Oof. like, Can you that, that's really showing how old I am. But yeah. Oh. Yeah, babysitting used to be a great job though, didn't it? Well, it, well, it <laughs> did, unless you work for the people that I did. Oh. Yeah, I often look I used to do it as a bit of a part-time thing, like 20 quid for like three hours work like yeah, 20 odd years ago. It was great fun. That shows that you're <laughs> that shows that you're much younger than me, Chris. So yes. Yeah, there we go. I'm only 21. 
Uh, we digress, but it's all it's all all good. But yeah, keeping keeping the staff. There's been yeah. definitely we can agree that the changes employers have had to make the way they've done stuff have definitely changed over the years. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you just have to be so much more accountable for your decisions now. That's what I think it is. You've got, you know, if you need something from a candidate and a role, you need to give it some thought and have some real value behind that as a, just a blanket, I want this, I'm the business owner and I demand this. Yeah, I want this person who can come in and do A, B, C and D and that's it. Yeah. And if, and yeah, if you have that kind of approach, I think you're going to get, exactly what you asked for they come in to do a b c and d and then you're going to wonder why they're not doing extras or getting stuck in or being involved in the team and then you're going to have real problems i suppose as you scale the business yeah. if you've got everybody's like that mm. Mm. yeah i think i think just about covered everything on my list have you got any kind of closing closing remarks or statements or comments just for me it's about those those spending the time with your team i cannot um, emphasize enough how much just communicating with your team and you know getting the balance of management right we're not talk about micromanaging people but just get the balance right and and for me let's look at what your team are delivering in terms of outputs as opposed to the hours and minutes that they're working every day yeah absolutely it's all about what they what they achieve in terms of success and adding to that why not celebrate their success yeah you know? Um, if they've done a good job, if they've won an award, shout out on your social media, shout out on your email marketing, let people know you've got the best team in the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I think that's a great place to kind of wrap it up. Thank you for your time. And Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much.